What episode is this? Five. Five? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk Talk Sober, the podcast. Hello, this is episode five of Drunk Talk Sober, the podcast. Um, I would hope if you're this far in past the titles and everything, you'd already know that. Um, my name is Liam. And I'm Beth. And <laughs> I'm hoping this isn't your first episode because you're going to be very confused if it is. <laughs> Maybe go back to one and two. Disclaimer, it's going to be a bit of a... Well, actually, I don't know if it will. We might end up doing it in a jovial type way, but it's going to be a bit of a sombre subject. Yeah. If, I, like, I want to give a trigger warning because it is depression we're talking about. And, if, and mental health in general. Yeah. And if it's something that you don't think is healthy for you to listen to. Maybe skip. Yeah. Maybe just wait till next episode. That's fine. Just yeah. come back next time. We're not going to be, like, it's not going to hopefully be too graphic or anything, but... We do want to touch on these kind of subjects as well, so. And I'm an open book, so I maybe don't have to yeah. tell that. And this one's one that we have personal um, experience with, so it's easier to start. Well, yeah. I also um, think that we've done a good, well, hopefully a good job at balancing out the sadness with chocolate milkshakes. Yes, but this time... Almond milk ones, because... Because, again, if you've listened to previous episodes, the, in the, the previous one when we had chocolate milkshakes, we had dairy milkshakes, um, which for my poor intestines and, and insides is not great because I can't protest, pro- process the dairy. Mm-hmm. So I'm ill afterwards. So we've, we've been conscientious... I can't say that word. Uh, we've been smart and um, got almond milk, Nutella milkshakes instead this time. Mm-hmm. So high five. Yay, depression. <laughs> yeah, other disclaimer, I make really bad jokes about depression. It's one of my many coping mechanisms. Yes. So do you um, want to start off the subject, seeing as... Seeing as I am depressed. Um, <laughs> seeing as it's closer at home to you. <laughs> seeing as I am, yes. So yeah, see so again, I'm making bad jokes, but I am currently um, just going... Well, at this point, I've been, I'm, I'll have been back on them a, a few weeks, but I am back on my antidepressants and I'm going to be starting therapy again. Imagine if we had song. like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> DJ DJ. <laughs> I didn't know you go back to therapy. When's that happening? Oh, I, well, I haven't made an appointment yet, but I have literally the pamphlet right here. As if this was planned, it wasn't. It's just I've unorganized. What, what is talking matters? This might. It's just a therapy group. I think this is where I signed up for therapy. Yeah. So it's yeah. Um, just I've I've done it before. I've had so this isn't my first dabble. In the all, hello darkness, my old friend. Yeah, um, again, I, I feel like as if I'm going to have to constantly apologise. I just make bad jokes about it all the time. It's just what I do. Mm. I do it with everything in life, especially this. Um, it's not my first sort of experience with it. I've had it pretty much since I can remember. Um, really badly a few years ago, sort of three, four years ago, when I was um, first starting university. Um, got through it, still got a first and stuff. High five me, yeah, self high five. Um, you were bad during uni as well. Yeah. Um, so I've noticed myself now, cut a good few years on, kind of noticing that I'm slipping back into old habits. Yeah. When I was in that place before. So I've kind of noticed that. And then there was one particular day where I was at work and just started crying at my <laughs> yes. desk. 
Um, and then couldn't stop. So then had to go home and get on the bus and then cried on the bus. Um, so there's a lot of crying involved. And then I was like, right, should probs go to the doctors? Mm. Um, and I'd recently, my doctor had recently retired. So I was kind of just floating around the surgery, not really having a set doctor yet. Yeah. Um, and it was a telephone appointment at first with this, just a random doctor. And she was like, why don't you come on in for an appointment later today? I'm going to make some time for you. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like, blown, I've got to say, blown away by my doctors in uh, Morbeth. Absolutely amazing. Um, went in, um, met her, and she was like, hi, how are you? And I was like, well. <laughs> and just started bawling. <laughs> and I'm laughing about it, because that's what I do. But I genuinely just started crying. And I was like, just trying not, like, feeling a bit awkward. <laughs> Even though I'm not, I'm not that whole, oh, man, I don't cry. I bawl at anything anyways. Mm. Not depressed. So Literally watched Lilo and Stitch earlier, and he... To hell back to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's whether I'm depressed or not, I always cry stuff. Like I'm not bothered about that whole toxic man bullshit thing, mm. like getting the bin. <laughs> um so I just started crying and I was like <laughs> just wiping the tears away, looking up the ceiling, and I was like, Well, this went south real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and the doctor was like, Yeah. <laughs> um and I joke that it obviously paraphrasing, but she essentially was just like, Yeah, fuck shit, fam. Go back on these <laughs> and threw my medication back at his. Um and I am on sertraline. If you don't know what that is, I'm glad for you because mm. it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> is is my selling point of it? It's absolutely awful. It makes it worse before it gets better. Like one of the side effects, or one of the common side effects as well, of this medication is suicidal thoughts. Oh yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you you know you're possibly already in that stage or getting to that stage in in it. You always just need that extra push. Yeah. Um, and it just makes me nauseous. I didn't eat for like almost a week. Um, which for me, that's when you're like, fuck Liam is, is ill. <laughs> if, if I don't eat, that's when you know I'm probably fucked. That's, that's true. It's true. That's how my mum knew if I was pulling, like faking it in school or that I was genuine. If I wasn't eating, I was like on death's door. Oh my God. Fair. That's how she knew. That was the telltale sign. Cause mm. I love food that much. Um, and so I, d- I didn't eat for almost a week. Um, and if I tried, it would just instantly come back up and I would vomit. Um, he- constant headache, dizziness, nausea, the whole unfortunate nine yards. Feeling really tired as well. I remember once when I was back at uni and going on them, um, <laughs> I'd go through phases of being like, all right, and managing and then just being suddenly so exhausted. Mm. Um, and I was in Tesco shopping with my flatmates and it got to the point, like we're all doing separate shopping, but all meeting back together at the tills. And it got to the point they'd all done and I had was still like trying to get along to the till but I was so tired that I was having to like kick my basket along the floor because mm-hmm. I just physically couldn't carry it anymore. Because I just suddenly went from being manageable to like just mm-hmm. on just needing a nap instantly. Um so yeah, it's 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 shit. I'll be honest, going it's it's important that you got it like I don't want it to be a deterrent for anyone because yeah. it's important they do help once you've got past that point. But it is shit. I won't like I say I'm not gonna put yeah, sunflowers and yeah. rose tinted glasses over it it is shit when you first go on them because like i say it's the best but you knew what to expect this time though like but at the same time that put me off going on them like when yeah. the doctor said go it's probably best you go back on them for a bit i was like i don't want to and she was like i think you need to yeah professionally i think you need to and i was like okay <laughs> um so it was it still is like say grim even at this point recording it now i'm a bit like uh in my head um but like I say, it's a, it is 
the best way I've had it described to is, and this isn't even from anyone like medically or, you know, medicinally yeah. trained or whatever, professionally trained. It was just a friend I used to work with. It was like, whatever it is in your brain that is on such a downer, the pill you're taking is an upper. Mm-hmm. And when that first goes into your body, whatever it is on that that's in such a downer will fight it with all it's yeah. got and like beat it straight away. <laughs> Which is why it doesn't work. Yeah. And it'll attack it and get angry and that's what makes you feel worse. And then slowly over time, the more you take it, it'll, it the, the downer will get weaker and start going up. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it, that, when that was, disc- when it was explained, it wasn't that way. I was, my mind was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Like my mind was blown a little bit and that's how I've always remembered it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, depression. Not fun. No. It's not, no, it's not commonly known to be fun though, to be fair. Well, it's in the name, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, very common very common i think more common than people want to let on oh god yeah i think people are more open to talk about it nowadays we're getting there yeah generally speaking like i know there's a lot of people who i know who talk about it openly but i don't know if it's more of a comfort of who you're with or if it's do you know what i mean like yeah some people are just very comfortable to talk about it. like i know you're comfortable to talk about it because yeah. you post about it and you're like you want to make everyone aware of mental health because it's important to be aware of it yeah and mental world mental health day yeah. is on the 10th of october mm-hmm. so it's coming up really soon anyway yeah so it seems appropriate i mean yeah. i know this is going to come out after that but it's appropriate to talk about it yeah it's still like it's, it's, it's always not it's never not going to be important to it's weird throat bit there you have <laughs> Don't know um, there. i just wanted it's two cents worth it <laughs> literally yeah, it's never not for me. It's never important, never not important enough to to mention or talk about it because it's just it's grim. Mm-hmm. And but the and the, it's preventable. That's the thing. The like, thing, like the the feeling of the isolation and stuff, and not is it just it's a vicious cycle. And it's it's all encompassing as well. Yeah. Like you'll feel like the most alone ever, mm-hmm. and you'll be like nobody gives a shit. Mm-hmm. But that's literally all. It's all on you. Yeah. Like it's not the truth of the matter at all. It's fully the opposite, but yeah. because you have, for some reason, in your mind, decided that you're not worth the company of others, and yeah. you've decided in your mind that nobody cares, or whatever you've... Do you know what I mean? You've made up some scenario in your head that's not... You're not as important as anybody else. But in reality, it's, like, the opposite. Like, nobody, nobody's ever thought that about another person. Yeah. that's It's one of those weird... So, again, from doing therapy in the past... One thing I've always taken taken from it, and it sounds like when I first started learning about it and being told about it, I was a bit like, oh yeah, whatever. Mm. Sounds corny as fuck, like bleh. Um Sorry, But it generally, <laughs> it's alright. You can hear me. Um, it, it's the the saying is, don't sit with the monsters at the back of the bus. Yeah. The monsters being the negative thoughts, you've got to get up and get to the front of the bus, being your life, and kind of drive it positively the way you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Instead of just sitting and being kept at the back of the bus with all the negative thoughts that you're just going to keep sitting with and going around with. Um, and then another thing was learning not to think you can mind read. Not in a whole Mystic Meg type way, but more in a... you your The negative thoughts that are in your brain mm-hmm. that you think someone else is thinking about you is is not... Po- you, you can't possibly know what they're actually thinking of you. Oh, God, yeah. So don't think... Yeah. They are. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's easier said than done because, like, say, it took me hours in therapy for like two years mm-hmm. before. It, and I remember it was my 21st birthday, so it's been two years since I've been out. So I'm 23 now. And it was the day 
a few days after my 21st birthday, the my therapist was like, oh, I think you know, you've come on enough. Because at the beginning of my therapy session, she had to sign like a fill a form of thoughts and feelings chart thing out and rate your feelings on a scale. Yeah. And like over the course of the therapy sessions I'd had with the whole like two years um, and a bit, I'd like improved enough. And she was like, oh, I think you could be classed as like in recovery. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. So even though I should have been happy, I was, it fucked us up. It scared you. Yeah, because I was like, shit, I've got, I'm going to have these expectations of and being all right. you also wouldn't have had, like, your comfort was having someone to talk to. Yeah. And then somebody was able to explain the way, why you feel the way yeah. you feel. Because it, you can't do that to yourself. No. So that was a comfort blanket. It was being ripped. No, it wasn't being ripped. It was being kind of like gently pulled. Yeah. Being like, we're pretty sure you can manage yourself now but but to be fair they did say if you're ever not feeling like that you can always come back but oh god yeah just <laughs> shit therapist if yeah. you're like see ya <laughs> see ya psych <laughs> um so yeah it was like i say it did it definitely helped but then again it doesn't always help people some people don't get therapy at all it doesn't benefit from them there's different type of therapies mm-hmm. and it depends on your therapist as well like some people just don't get on with a therapist yeah i'd like to so i had cbt therapy mm-hmm. and the <laughs> this is the issue because i told you about this yeah, yeah i found the therapist really <clears throat> quite attractive yeah. so <laughs> that was probably a bit distracting and then just cbt probably was i didn't need yeah the behavioral thing i benefited from it to some degree but it wasn't helping anything mm-hmm. past a certain point um so i went to talking therapies instead um which like say helped it helped a lot so yeah just gotta find what's right for the individual yeah and when you go back you know to just go straight back to talking therapy yeah because that's what's gonna help you fingers crossed it will if it did the (laughs) first time it will the second time you've had a lot the thing is you've had a lot change in your life though from uni to now moving into your own home and having a job yeah so there's a lot more to talk about there's a lot more like decompartmentalize is that the word departmentalize yeah that's the one i was almost there (laughs) I'm dairy drunk again. <laughs> it's not even dairy. Just <laughs> trying to cover my stupidity. Um, but yeah, so it's one of those, th- I don't know, just one of those things where I feel like if we talk about it more, it's less awkward for other people to talk about it if they feel like they can't. Mm-hmm, definitely. And then people will be more open to admit they have it as well. Because I think for a lot of people, it's like a pride thing. Like they don't want to, they don't want to admit there's something not right in their brain yeah because that's it's it's preventable but it's also like it's it's not it's not something you want to admit you don't want to be like yeah my, my brain's broken like my chemicals aren't do you know what i mean like that's right yeah because it's nothing it's nothing to do with you like it's nothing you can't prevent it if it's going to happen it's going to happen yeah. but and it can happen to anyone it's it's not susceptible to certain people that's to oh anyone. god yeah yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. doesn't discriminate. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> should discriminating do, do take effect to no one? But mm. uh, unfortunately, it's it's not picky in who it goes to. Um, it's yeah, it's grim. It keeps coming back to that, but it is. It's true. It's grim. So, like I used to drink a little bit more. I know we drank in the last episode. Probably shouldn't have, because it probably didn't help. Because that's the thing as well. Alcohol is a depressant. Yeah. So that's not helpful either. So, but at the same time, that's one of the things where when I went to the doctors, she said, have you started drinking more? And I was like, no, thankfully, that's not mm-hmm. one of my... Coping. That's not one of, one, one of my go-tos. Food is, mm-hmm. but drinking is not. Yeah. So, 
thank like I say that's I suppose a blessing to some degree at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's grim. It's just and like I said, but that as well. Some people are like, oh, you can't do this because it depresses. And I'm like, well, hang on, I can still function. Yeah, exactly. Because there's different variations. Like some days can't, can't don't get out of bed till like maybe five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And don't leave the house, and and don't shower or whatever. Other days I've just got to go to work because I can't afford not to. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be there. Could I literally just call on the ball and stay in my bed all day? But got to go to work. Yeah. Um. But, and like I say, some days are weakier than others. Mm-hmm. Haven't cried this week, so self high five to me. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Considering how much you've been crying. Almost cried at Leo and Stitch, but. You did. You held it in. I'm proud of you. But even then, I would that wouldn't have counted because normally when I've previous like lately i've just been crying at the drop of a hat yeah i'll just be sitting there and i'm like oh shit <laughs> my eyes are leaking um so yeah it's just it's it's weird it's grim like what were the warning signs for you then because obviously we've talked about how it's not fun but how did you when did you decide it's time to go and see somebody about it probably this time was the crying bit the crying a lot more. What about more. the first time though? Because you knew what to look out for this time. Yeah. The first time was probably, again, crying more than, mm-hmm. than normal. Because um, I, I cry a hefty amount anyway. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Just having suicidal thoughts. Yeah, I'll say it. Suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't, thankfully, I didn't do anything. I almost did though. Yeah. Like, there was a couple of times where, say, for example, I remember one clear as day now, even though it was, like, four, four and a bit years ago, um, was stood on a metro platform and was like, yep, yeah, could easily just step yeah. off, yeah? When there was the... Because tr- the train was coming to the platform. and But then it was the th- the shock of, wait, my niece, or, ooh, my nephew, yeah. kind of just shocked us back into focus. And then that was the point of, like, right, no, I need to... Yeah, need to get help. Go see someone. Um... But it was quite ironic at the time as well because <laughs> I was being paid to write and like vlog and, and, and blog about how great my life was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the irony. Um, at uni. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And it, <laughs> it just wasn't. But it wasn't because of the uni's fault. So, but I did, And I did want the job and I did want to do it. But, but at the same time, they kind of... Well, they didn't... Obviously, it wasn't ideal, but the respected when I spoke about it in a video and, and uh, wrote about it and stuff because it was a different perspective yeah and like I say it does affect people so it's true to life yeah so, so I think like I said I, I think it's probably not the ideal upbeat come to this uni and da da yeah um, but at the same time it, I suppose it showed off a different because there was a couple of different people being paid to do it and it, mine I suppose showed the, the maybe the different support procedures in place mm-hmm. for fucked up people like myself <laughs> again not insensitive, it's just my coping. <laughs> like, I've got a semicolon tattoo, which, if you're aware, is a sort of a port- important mental health mm-hmm. thing about how an author, instead of putting a full stop, which to end, end a sentence, they, they use a semicolon to keep it going. And the whole thing is that the, the full stop is your life and the semicolon, semicolon is keeping it going. But instead, instead of doing that long-winded explanation, which I don't think I do very well, I'm just like, basically, it's a well done, I didn't kill myself tattoo. <laughs> Which it is, in short, but not everyone appreciates that explanation because it makes them feel a little bit awkward. Yeah, I can, I can understand why. You know, it's just... But it's, again, it's just one of those quote mechanisms. Some people find it funny, some people don't. Like, remember when I used to go back, when I used to have to go to the doctors and stuff, 
um, when I first started getting, I suppose, diagnosed, mm-hmm. um, I'd come back and my mum, because my mum doesn't really, I don't know, she's better with it now, yeah. but at the time she was like, because she works with people that have, like, mental disabilities and stuff, but I think when it's at your own home, it's different. when she comes home, she leaves it at the door. Yeah. So when it's in her own home, she doesn't really know what to do. Yeah. Um... So I remember, like, she was, she, would, she was uncomfortable, but she would try, at least, I suppose. Um, I'd come in, she'd be like, so how did it go? And I'm like, well, still mental. <laughs> um, and she'd be like, stop it. And I'm like, what? True. <laughs> it's just, like I say, it's, everyone handles it differently, but I just, I'm, I'm a gobshite at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. if I can talk about it. And when I used to, when I was doing the blog and got paid to do it and stuff, I spoke about it. I got people messaging us being like, oh, it's like, good to know I'm not the only... So that was the turning point of being like, oh, because I hadn't spoken about it before then. Yeah. And then that was the turning point of being like, oh, well, if speaking about it even helps just one, it's that corny thing of, oh, if it helps at least one person, then it's kind of... Yeah, yeah, it's going to have a knock-on effect. Justified, it, so. yeah. Um, so it's... Yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah. I'll just... You've gotten out of it before, it's just... It sounds really bad and this might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it's touch of yeah like what's going on you don't know about this but yeah like what's going on so quite recently this was i think just this was before i'd been to the doctors i think okay maybe or i'd been just i don't know i can't remember it was recently and i was having like really down day i was crying a lot and i was like i'm no one's first choice no one messaging us uh, just really like having a really down day um and i was like oh no one likes us there just down on myself um and then your message has been like, hi, you want to come out? And I always felt really bad. <laughs> when was that? Was that when we went in town? Yeah, and went for food. That's good. Yeah, so I felt bad. Why? Because I was like, in my, own, <laughs> in my own negative thoughts, I was basically slating all of my friends. <laughs> I saying they never messaged us first, or they never did anything, and I never wanted to involve us actively. It was almost always me in, in imposing myself and all this shit. And literally... Like, less than an hour after crying, you were like, hi, want to come out? And I was like, oh, fuck, now I feel even worse, but for a different reason. So, sorry. It's fine. I thought you were going to say something. Not my fault, it's my brain. Yeah, it's fine. I um, I try and make an effort to message. Like, I know, because we, we talk most days, but like... Like random shit. Yeah, if we haven't talked for a while, I'll just be like, hey, no things are tough, how are you? <laughs> You're not on the edge of anywhere, are you? <laughs> literally. But like... Because sometimes you do just need to talk. And I know, like, when you're going through that, you don't necessarily want to reach out because you feel like you're a burden. Yeah. So it's difficult to reach out, even though everyone always says, like, talk. Everyone always says that. They're always like, if you're going through something, just talk to anybody. Talk to your parent, your friend, a doctor, anybody. But you, because of the way you feel, feel like a burden and you don't want to, like, impose. And especially, and then you feel guilty because somebody could have been having a good day and then you just come along with your, like, (laughs) your attitude. (laughs) Yeah, literally with your attitude and everyone's just like, oh, God. <laughs> but, like, obviously nobody ever thinks that. Nobody's ever like, oh, God. But, like, and they'll appreciate that you have opened up yeah. about it. But it's just, your brain doesn't, like... Yeah. Your brain's the, your brain's working against you Yeah, your brain's point. your own worst enemy. Yeah. Which is the most unfortunate thing because, like, fuck you. <laughs> exactly. But To your own brain. Exactly. It's I think... Just... So do you think, right, I know, you said you're an open book. Do you think... Um, <laughs> it's fine, just ask me anything. Because I know you suffer with, like, um, panic and anxiety as well. Yes. Do you think they're sort of linked? 
Probably. I don't... This time around, I've only had one panic attack. I, that, that used to be a whole lot more prevalent, mm-hmm. like, years ago. But I haven't had that. This one I had quite recently was only the first one I'd had in, in about two, maybe three, no, one and a half, two years. Um, Because that was, like, one really tough shift at work where I had yeah. just, it was too much. <laughs> and I had a bit of a, a mental break. One on It was New Year's Day as well. I remember oh. being, like... Started the new year well. <laughs> hadn't even made it a day. Um, but I used to have it like it got the, it's got to the point now where I don't drink coffee because back when you're like growing up and stuff and you think, oh, it's the adult thing to like drink coffee. Even though I didn't like it, I used to start trying to drink it. Yeah. Um, and the doctors are like, no, mate, just cut it loose. It's not helping you. It's not helping you because when your caffeine, when your body like is done with the caffeine and it's left your system and it isn't affecting you anymore, you drop to a point where your body just then is filled with anxiety and just goes into panic. Oh, okay. So... That's interesting. Yeah, it was like the lack of caffeine, the lack of the buzz. Mm-hmm. Like, I plummeted really quickly and I was just going on panic attack. That's crazy. So, I never knew that was a thing. Because I know a lot of people who have, like, depression, but then they also have anxiety. Uh, so, like, they seem to be, like, somehow linked. But, like, obviously people can have them separately as well. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> they're, like... They're, hand in hand. Yeah, they're, they're not a package deal. <laughs> Like, um, but the people who are lucky enough to have both of them, <laughs> because obviously depression makes you, you know. It just heightens everything. Well, depression, you're depressed about, like, your past and stuff, and then anxiety makes you anxious about your future, and you're just stuck there, like. <laughs> In a permanent <laughs> shitty limbo. Yeah, literally. You're like, there is no way to make this better. <laughs> so it's, it's a nightmare. But um, I just, it's curious, because, like, people who suffer with anxiety often have depressive thoughts as well but obviously it's a shitty thing to go through so don't blame you but like people who suffer with i think it's more so if you have anxiety you're likely to have depression yeah as opposed to depression yeah it's yeah not i'm just professionally speaking because i haven't had like you know the the greatest childhood but i did i by far did not have one of the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, poor me, my parents divorced. Yeah. Oh, blah, blah. I don't think it's got anything to do with the upbringing. Like, in some cases it will, don't get me Oh, wrong. I've definitely got, like, daddy issues. Well, yeah, but you said that from day one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm joking about it and I can laugh about it now, but I've definitely got some underlying... Yeah, yeah. Some 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 father issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and some mother issues, to be fair. Mm-hmm. It's just one of them things. Yeah. Well, but if they listen, don't think they will, though, to be fair. Well, I know my dad won't. <laughs> my mum might, but probably not. Um, but, because that was one of the whole things, like, again, should I go into it very much? Yeah, fuck it, I don't care, I said I was an open book. Um, <laughs> if it's an issue for them, then they shouldn't have been assholes. Um, my parents divorced when I was in primary school. I called it first school, but I realised that that's triggering for some people. But, like, it's not first school, it's primary school. <laughs> Um, and it's kind of like, again, it sounds really horrible, but at the same time, it's totally, I'm not speaking out of, it's all fact, with my dad. I'm sure he's a nice enough guy if I knew him well enough. Because that's the thing, I don't feel like I know him mm-hmm. like I should. Yeah. Um, and since I've moved closer to him now, like geographically, yeah, I've seen him a little bit more, mm-hmm. but not very much still, even with will be in like five ten minutes away mm-hmm. and it's still well i've known you for like six seven years and i've only met him once yeah and that was on accident <laughs> yeah that was because he was here and you were here it happened to be at the same time and that was it mm-hmm. um it's kind of like 
out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. So because I'm not there in front of him, being like, hello, motherfucker, <laughs> he just forgets. Mm-hmm. So like I saw him, the last time I saw him was by accident. I was out for a walk with someone and he was also walking the dogs mm-hmm. and we crossed paths and he was like, oh, I'll give you a ring. That was probably like a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. No, no call. Still waiting. Because <laughs> that's what I'm saying, it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, yeah. But it's got to the point now because it's, this has been like this for so long. I'm not that bothered. Mm-hmm. It did, like, I remember it used to affect you big time. Um, like back in college. Because I remember that was a thing that we spoke about when it was before you were first diagnosed. But it was... I remember speaking to you about it. Yeah. But um, it was like... You, it wasn't... You didn't go into much detail. But you were just like, my dad didn't give a shit basically. Yeah. But it used to bother you a lot more than it yeah. does now. Like I say, he's, he's great with other people's kids because they're in front of him all the time. <laughs> but with just when it's his own, again, this is probably good. He might be offended, but honestly, I don't really care. That's not Because I'm not speaking out of turn. Again, he'll never hear this probably, I yeah. imagine. Um, but if he does, then what, what? So it's not so. Like even my sister, because I've got... So my family dynamic is one f- bunch, big bunch of fuck up. I still don't know how many siblings you have. Like So biologically, scientifically, full, none. Mm-hmm. But I've got loads of half and step siblings. Okay. So, situation is, my mum had two kids before me, my dad had two kids before me, then got together, um, and then they created me the perfect specimen. <laughs> um, then split up, because um, <laughs> my dad was cheating. Um so he is now with the person, still with the same person, who has three children. Yeah. Like, her and my dad did not have any children together because mm-hmm. of the age, I assume. <laughs> um, and then my mum is now with someone who also has three kids. Oh, God. So, they like, they like to play even Stevens, oh, I suppose. Yeah. Um, like to keep it. Yeah. But luckily, it's kind of like the two shall never meet. The oh, two God, halves yes. of the, the thing should never intersect, really. Um... Well, it shouldn't be weird even if they do, to be fair. Like, well, I mean, they've both moved on. If See, this is the thing. But again, on a slight tangent, recently when I was, I think it was a... I can't even remember what, the reason why. I think it was like on my dad's side, there was an engagement party. Was there uh, with my dad from my, with my... With my brother from my dad's side, sorry, who doesn't, again, I'm not... It's, it's, I don't really know. Doesn't get on with my mum's side of the family, obviously, understandably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and my dad was like, oh, I saw your mum recently um, in, in, a, in a pub. I thought she was going to start. And I was just like... How sad do you think her life is? It's yeah, like, so... mate, it's been good for you, like, 10 plus years. Think she's over you. I know you think you're a hot she's, piece of ass. She's, like, remarried and everything. She's remarried, having a great time. Best life. Your mum is lo- never in the country. <laughs> exactly. She's travelling, living the, high, living the best life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's over you, mate. And but again, this is my I, I just don't think my dad's brain is maybe my, this is where I get it from. My dad's brain isn't the way it should be either. Because then he'll be like, oh, so your granddad, like my my mum's dad, um, recently and he didn't speak. And I'm like, what is he going to talk to you about? Like, oh, how you been since you broke my daughter's heart? Like, how? Why is that a thing? Why yeah. is he thinking? Like he's on good terms now. Uh huh. It's just bizarre. Maybe is that me thinking weirdly, or but I just don't expect them to ever. I just don't get why you would expect everything to be. And the ironic thing is, my mum was always so like when I was in middle school and stuff and had parents evening. Oh, that was a fun thing. Okay. Um, they'd be like, "Whenever well, see your dad," and I'm like, <laughs> "Me too." Uh, <laughs> um, it wouldn't even probably past 
It wouldn't even surprise me if little Liam said that kind of shit. Cause... Yeah, sassy since day one. Um, no, but my mum always was like to me, tell him I'm not bothered if he... If, there's no reason he shouldn't be there. Yeah, his son too. Yeah. He came to one parents' evening and that was it. Well, at least he made And my mum was fine with him. My mum was like, even though she hadn't remarried or anything at this point, she was still like, cool. Yeah. We've got to do this, follow him, blah, blah, blah. Came to one and that was it. Well, yeah. Your mum is like, is like, like I don't want to say child, it's like joy, jo- jovial. Yeah. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but as, as she is, is still super mature. Like, yeah. she knows how She's to have fun. a good fun. mix. Yeah, she knows how to have fun and, like, let her down and, like, have a laugh. Yeah. But, like, I feel like she also knows when it's appropriate to just draw a line under stuff. Yeah. But then, at the same time, just so I can be fair in the parents' lane. <laughs> Even though I love my mother pieces because she was there when he wasn't, she's still very much like my gran in, to a certain degree, in terms of affection. Yeah. Yeah, she's not the most affectionate. No. Like, I, I know your mum and she's not the most affectionate. Yeah. So, which... You just have a really good, like, I like your relationship dynamic because you're always, like, you've got, like, banter with each other. Yeah. But when I'm, when I'm like, super emotional and cry a lot and a lot in touch with my emotions, it's it's sometimes a bit, like, sandpaper <laughs> against sandpaper because I'm looking for, like, oh, you're okay, oh, and she's just like, oh. Yeah. So it's, like... Rock and hot place sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I get it's that. just one of those things. Nobody's perfect, so I just I just thought I'd balance the scale out so it wasn't total dad bashing. That's fair. That's not what this podcast is. Um, <laughs> we like to be even. But that's definitely I think part of my issue mm-hmm. comes from like childhood. I don't want to say trauma because again, lots of people go through worse. Yeah. But probably definitely has some underlying connection. Yeah, most likely. I think everything does have, a, like, a slight connection. Yeah. But God knows what. Like, the only time I've ever experienced panic attacks really, like, badly was when I was learning to drive. Like, that was when my... I've always had anxiety. Like, I'm always going to have anxiety. But it's never... I don't often get panic attacks. Mm. Um, I actually had somebody look at me... Well, not, so I, like, I learned to become a lifeguard. And, like, tests scare me. Like, I don't know what it is, but, I, like, my anxiety is, like, crazy on tests, which is why, I, like, driving was a bad thing for me because I took five tests before I passed. But to, in order to take those tests, I ended up having to get, like, hypnotherapy. I had to get beta blockers. I had to get, like, do you know what I mean? I, had I to, did not know this. Yeah. I had to go through, like, a bunch of different things to, like, calm my anxieties because I'd, like, shit. Like, I had a, my mum tried to make me drive to work one day and I had, like, a panic attack. She still laughed about it. She remember that time you cried before work because you want, we didn't want to drive. And I was like, that was a panic attack, mother. <laughs> but like, she's never experienced it. So she didn't understand. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, I remember yeah. the first panic attack I had. Oh. You feel, honestly, you think you're going to die? It's the worst thing ever. <laughs> so my mum was on night shift mm. and I genuinely, I thought I was dying. Didn't know what was going on. And I had to like call my neighbours <laughs> who like lived up the road. And I was like, I think I'm dying. <laughs> So they were like, they didn't know what was going on because I didn't know what was going on. And I just remember seeing them sprint <laughs> down the estate to be like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't know. Um, and they were like, you're staying at our house tonight. And then my mum came and picked me up the next morning and was like, come on, let's go home. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Wasn't dying, it was a panic attack apparently. I had, um, so when I was doing the lifeguard thing, it was like an intensive course of to learn how to become a lifeguard. Uh-huh. And then at the end of it, there's obviously a test because you need to prove that you can save lives. Yeah. 
And um, not just that, oh, you're probably all right. Yeah, you seem to do fine. So um, the day of the test, I it was me and like, I think there's about five other people and there was like three guys and two women who were older. And one of the older women was like, <laughs> she was she was like a proper hippie. Like her, her entire life, she never really had a job. She like taught aqua aerobics, which is why she wanted to be a lifeguard. But she'd also done a bunch of other stuff. She was married to a woman who was a modern artist who did like a load of vagina patents. Honestly, she, she was like the most interesting person you'd ever speak to. So I was like, I was like panicking, but I don't, I don't like externally panic. It's like all inside of me. And I was just saying like, I was really nervous. And so she did this thing where she came up behind me and she made, I was sitting on a chair and she was like, put your hands on your knees and sit with your feet like flat on the floor. And then she, she like, I don't know what she was doing. Challenge, cha- challenge, channeling. That's the one. That's the word. Channeling my energy or something. I don't know. Because I've, I've not experienced this kind of thing. But then she like looked at me and she was just like, you are, you're not a body panicker. You're a mind panicker. Oh no, no. That's not what happened at all. <laughs> she went, you're not a mind panicker. You're a body panicker. Because your mind is so calm right now. And it like, I understand what she means. Because I start like, I shake. I, I know I said it wasn't external. But like, I was trying to keep calm. But, like, I do shake and that, like, I get really jittery and, like, my speech comes, my speech isn't normal and stuff like that. And, um, she looked at me and she was doing all these, like, exercises with me to try and calm me down. And she was telling me to, like, picture, she was saying put your anxieties into a colour and then put your calmness into a colour. And now imagine your calmness, like, overriding your anxieties and, like, drowning it out. And, like, she was really trying to help me, like, bless us all. And, like, she did, she calmed me down quite a bit. But she was like, she was like holding my hands and she was like, I'm going to try and take some of your anxieties and stuff like that. Because like, I was a fucking mess. <laughs> like, I don't... We've all been there. Yeah, I don't... On one of my driving tests... <laughs> this is how much I panic. On one of my driving tests, you have to like, before you get in the car and drive, you have to like pop the bonnet and like tell them you know shit under the bonnet. And we got out the... I popped the bonnet and we got out of the car and I closed this car door. Try to walk away, got pulled back, realised my thumb was jammed in the car door, but I was in so I was in such a state of panic, I didn't even feel myself jam my thumb in the car door. I opened the door, took my thumb out, and the driving instructor was literally like, Are you okay? <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I'm fine. This is... <laughs> They're hanging off. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? <laughs> like literally Mate, literally I did not into... know any of this. Yeah, I got into like such a state. Um I've s I um I don't think I have I you know I'm a beat of blockers out of date, I'm not allowed to take them anymore. But like I like I don't take stuff anymore. For, like I kind of just try and deal with it. But yeah, I'm a very fucking anxious person. <laughs> Did not know any of this. I'm sure. Well, <laughs> we are fairly. I don't know. I kind of remember you mentioned the bloggers before, mm-hmm. but not enough to remember them fully. Well, when I was in New York, literally like a month ago, I got my palm read, and um, the palm reader. Like I'm not saying she was legit or anything. The palm reader looked at me though, and she was just like, I see a lot of anxiety around you. And I was like, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck, you are good. <laughs> she was like, I see a scar from a past relationship. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, she, she was saying a lot. She said I don't sleep well. And I was like, well, you're not wrong there. <laughs> yeah, was that not just evident under the bags? Probably. She was like, um, you're going to travel a lot. And I was like, are you saying that because I'm a British person in New York? <laughs> <Because> <laughs> but then she also said your new venture was going to be go be successful. Well, fingers crossed. Which is this, hopefully. I can only assume she meant this. I'm hoping so. She said it was creative, so... Yeah. Who knows? Ooh. Ooh. But yeah, so I'm like a... I'm a very highly strong person. Like, I'm the most anxious 
ever. Even though I think to an outside person wouldn't come across that way at all. Nope. I contain it a lot. I think that's one of the things, a common, if it's, if you've had it for a while, a lot of people wouldn't. It's like sometimes people come, like, there's some people I work with that kind of, the, the, the try and portray it in a, in a, like a, I don't know how to explain it without seeming, seeming like an arse, but they'll, they'll be like, oh, so like, for example, once I came back into the room at work and they were like, oh, so you've been a lot nicer recently. And I was like, whoa, what the <laughs> fuck's going on here? What have I walked into here? Yeah. Like an intervention, what, and this woman was like, oh, she's been a lot nicer, what's changed? And at the time, maybe me, I was like, we've probably just said less problematic shit for us to pull you out on. <laughs> it's probably the thing. Yeah, cause, yeah. And, but in, in hindsight, like, no, even at the time I knew, it was just because my anxiety at the time will have lessened. Yeah. So like a common thing with, with, in, in different people because again it can represent in different ways and, and present in different ways in different people commonly if someone's snappy or argumentative or like a host of different stuff that people think, just think is being like bitchiness or, or negative or whatever is anxiety mm-hmm. like yeah. because the, the internal worry or whatever you're panicking so much about what's going on with you that you don't have time for other people yeah and that, that, so then when they're asking something I'll just bark back and snap mm-hmm. Or, but at the same time, I think to a certain degree, it's just them not getting my humour. Yeah, like yeah. I call people bitch and stuff and tell them to fuck off a lot. Uh-huh. But it comes from, it's a term of endearment. <laughs> but I don't think people get that sometimes. No, I'm the same. People always think me and my best friend hate each other, but it's just the way we talk to yeah, each other. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I think with me, I have like this, everyone, I have this really weird thing where everyone's scared of me. <laughs> but like, they'll also be like, you're such a nice person, like. You're very chill. You don't ever start arguments. You're very unproblematic. And I think for me, I just... There's so much going on in my head that I don't have time for other people's stuff. Yeah. Like, I... Like I said, I'm a super anxious person. But, like, I've battled depression and stuff as well. And, like, there is so much more going on than some of this petty bullshit that people, like, argue over. And I don't have time for it. Like, that sounds really, like, pretentious of me to say. But, like, if, if I get myself involved in something, it just sets me off again. Yeah. The second an argument... like You're not focused on you. Then. Well, no, the second somebody, like, tries to argue with me, I shake instantly. I start just shaking, like, anxiety bubbles really badly, which is why I don't get into arguments, because... Especially if it's people I care about. Like, because then I'm like, oh, shit, like, I've actually done something really bad here. Yeah. And, like, it'll just... It'll be there until it's stopped. Like, until I've, like, settled the argument. So I just don't get involved, because it's... It's for my not own health. It. Like, <laughs> like... I know people say they're scared of me, but, like, I don't understand why, because, like I said, I don't start shit. Like, I'm, yeah, a, I'm an honest I've person. Felt a lot of things about you, but fear is not one of them. Well, yeah, exactly. But I think it's because I'm a very... I'm a very honest person. Yeah. Like, if you're annoying me, I will just be like... Yeah, I've <laughs> talked about this in a previous episode. Yeah. We're both very just honest. We're not nasty with it, but we will make our feelings clear. Yeah, but I think also it means you always know where you stand. Yeah. And I prefer that with other people. Like, I much prefer being around people who... I know where I stand with them. Yeah. I don't like not knowing where I am. If you're with constantly guessing yourself, you, yeah. you can't be comfortable. No, 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 not at all. Um, do you want to... I think we're going to run over. So is there any final notes? Any um, final things you want to say? If you're struggling, talk to someone, whether it's friend, professional, or even a doctor. Because let's say mine appreciated... Even though I was crying at her mm-hmm. face the first time within the first five... It won't be the first time somebody's done that to her. Well, exactly. And she, like I say, she's just like no one that knows me 
was glad I spoke, then think about how someone who knows you would feel. Yeah. Um, if you aren't struggling but think someone is, ask them about it. In a... I read something really important the other day, actually. Um, and it was, if somebody you know that's been really down all of a sudden seems to be a lot happier and like giving gifts and compliments and stuff that might be the time you need to talk to them most yeah because sometimes not all the time but sometimes um people get happier when they've decided to end their lives yeah making the final arrangements yeah because that 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 um feeling of making a decision gives them like an elation and then they're just sort of like dropping in their final yeah. yeah So if, if you know somebody who's been really down recently and then all of a sudden they're like perked back up, just take them to one side or something and just be like, look, I know you've been a bit, are you sure everything's okay? Because yeah. it honestly, like you don't understand how important that is. Yeah. Just to ask. Like if, even if you think you're being a pest, it's just important to ask. It's rather, you'd rather, like I put it on, on one of my social media posts recently, you'd feel like... You'd feel a lot better for asking and having it be awkward if they're not actually feeling the way you think they are, rather than not asking and having them feeling the way you think they are and them doing something, like making a permanent decision. Yeah, exactly. That you can't change. Yeah. And so, be nice. Just be nice. Yeah, just be kind to people. That's that's all you need. Just talk more. Um, we'll leave in the description um, some numbers for Samaritans and, and Calm links and, and stuff, yeah. some links and yeah, just be nice and... I also remember reading something um, about a guy who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and when they went back to his apartment to see if they could find anything, there was a note that said, um, I'm taking a walk to the bridge today. If anybody smiles at me, I won't jump. Smile more. Yeah, so just be kind, basically. That's the, that was the message. That was a takeaway. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't cost anything to just be kind. Yeah. And if you're one of those assholes who, like clicks at waiters and stuff just fucking stop <laughs> they're having a bad day <laughs> yeah don't add to it <laughs> like yeah it's been a very somber podcast we'll we'll try and pep it up next time in the, in the next episode yeah but like we said we do want to talk about these kind of things and if you have anything to add or you have anything we, you'd like us to touch on or talk about or like add to um obviously get in touch with us you know the links better than I do, so I'll let you say them. <laughs> At Drunk Talks Over on social media, just look for the yellow, happy, broad sort of colours. It's just yellow, yeah. Um, uh, Drunk Talks Over the pod... No, hold on. Drunk Talks Over podcast at gmail.com on email um, or the voice memo on the Anchor, Anchor podcast app. And then if I feel wrong saying it, leave a rate or... Whatever, and then also you like her. I know what can I say, but I, 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 we'd obviously want to hear any like comments or criticisms or whatever you have to say because we're trying to improve. Yes. So yeah. We're all just learning again. Be nice. Be kind. Bye bye. Trying our best. <laughs> bye. Have a good day. <laughs> Drunk talk over. This podcast is made by friends in the fantastic app and editing hub that is Anchor. We're in no way directly affiliated or sponsored, but we're blown away by this app. So thank you, Anchor. And thank you to Reese Malhewish for being the voice of our audio branding. Your lovely voice doesn't go unnoticed. And thank you to you, the human and or robot listening to Drunk Talk Sober, the podcast. We hope you enjoyed and stay around for more Drunk Sober conversations.